Welcome to the Norwich Economic Podcast. This is the Working In series, and today we will be talking to UEA alumni working in the consulting industry to hear more about their roles and what their journeys were to get here. With us here, we have Rebecca Morris, who is a consultant at Deloitte, and Alex Lindsay, a senior consultant at Capco. Welcome, Rebecca. Welcome, Alex. Hi, Lata. Hi, <laughs> Okay, could you tell us more about who you are, where you work, and what your role is? Yes, definitely. Uh, so yeah, my name is Rebecca, and I was at UEA from 2014 to 2017. I did the BSc, BSc Economics degree and graduated in the summer of 2017, and uh, had a couple of months, uh, went to some holidays, which was nice, and then in the October of that year, I started a grad scheme, and uh, that was doing uh, audit and assurance, um, which, you know, not the most fun as it sounds on the tin, uh, at Deloitte. So um, I guess just to kind of backstep from how I got to that point, um, when I was in my second year of university, I did uh, an internship at the Government Economic Service. So I did an internship in HM Treasury, which was really uh, economic based and really, really enjoyed it. And at the end of my degree, I was um, I had an offer to go onto the grad scheme at the GES, the Government Economic Service, or go and do the uh, audit and assurance where you get the accounting ACA qualification. And I spoke to my lecturers at UEA, who um, they did kind of advise actually to go down the Government Economic Service route because the job probably would have been more interesting day to day. Um, but I was right, really keen to kind of get another qualification because the ACA's uh, I think it's seen as the same level as masters. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that was kind of my motivation to going into audit and assurance, not so much for the audit part, but I uh, was keen to get another qualification and it's one, obviously you don't pay for yourself, the company you work for pays for it. So it's like a lot of education for another couple of years. So. Wow. And did you get the internships through UEA or was that more a self-focused quest to find mm-hmm. something? Um, so the internships, I don't think they were through UEA, but I was really engaged with the career service at UEA. So I was probably one of those annoying uh, keen beans that I just, I was, I hadn't really had any professional work experience prior to university. So it was a bit of an unknown for me. And so I went to like lots of career events with the UEA, uh, UEA career service. And um, often they would have people come in from different industries to come and talk so yeah that's sort of how I found out about it I think from memory um and I did apply for ACA internships so at like PwC uh, and another one and I did I got rejected I didn't pass the assessment centers but um I did manage to get success with the government economic service one so today we also have Alex Lindsay with us um and Alex can you tell us more about who you are where you work and uh, what your role is Sure. So I'm Alex Lindsay. I graduated from UEA having completed economics in 2017 and I joined Capco. So Capco is a global management um, technology and business consultancy and I've been here for the last five years. Um, The role is kind of multiple well, across the financial services sector, uh, mainly specialising in implementing technology um, transformation, but also more recently some strategy uh, consulting as well. Can you tell us more about the team you work in? 
Sure. So I focus on capital markets. So this really looks at kind of market infrastructure. So at the moment, it's at a um, inter-dealer broker. So it kind of sits between two dealer clients, uh, and I'm helping build um, platforms to allow different dealers to trade with each other, uh, particularly in bonds. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of am a single consultant on this project, uh, so I work directly with my clients, uh, who's kind of the, the head of credit and the CEO. Very interesting. Um, and how long have you been at Capcom? So I actually graduated from uh, UEA on a Friday and I joined Capco on the following Monday. Oh, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> I've been at Capco now for, the, for five years. Well, four years, I think eight months or something. <laughs> wow. And so were you interning with them while you were at UEA or how did you get the connection to them? No, um, I managed to get an offer from them during my third year. Okay. Um, and that was to join what they call the ATP, so it's the Associate Training Program. So you're kind of given three weeks, it's quite intensive, everyone's in a basement and they kind of get uh, experts from uh, all the different fields to kind of talk about financial services. And then you're kind of chucked onto a project, it's kind of a baptism of fire, um, and you kind of just start giving value to your clients in, in, any, way, in any ways you can. Um, and I kind of promoted my way to the ranks from kind of the associate to consultant to currently being a senior consultant. That's awesome. Um, so was this your first um, professional role or were you working before university? Or how did you... No, I, was, I, was fortunate, <laughs> I was fortunate enough to receive internships while at UEA. Okay. So I and at The Economist. I interned at Investec, which was a specialist bank. And I also got a role as an equities analyst at a hedge fund in Switzerland. Oh, that must have been very interesting. <laughs> yeah, all, all, all really helpful roles. And I, I don't think I would have got um, kind of the consultancy role without having that kind of broad perspective of financial services. But also I was, um, while at UEA, I was editor of the Norwich Economic Papers. I were, um, okay. So you were yeah, one exactly. of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that definitely helped because it kind of gave me uh, a great example to show that I was kind of good at uh, handling responsibility, managing a team, meeting deadlines, kind of publishing with an eye for detail, uh, managing kind of the uh, essay competition. Um, and all of those things were super helpful to kind of display to an em employer that I was the man for the job. And so you were talking about internships while at UEA. Um, did you secure those internships through UEA, through the Careers Center, or was that your own initiative? I definitely used the Career Center a lot, uh, mainly for kind of reviewing CVs and cover letters. Um, and I did get Capco through uh, the Career Center. There was kind of a talk where Capco came and presented and kind of talked about how they built the app for NatWest which was called Metal, which was for kind of small banks. Um, but the internships themselves kind of leading up to it, I kind of uh, found, found independently. So before we started the interview, Rebecca was telling me all about um, that, how she chose economics. And so Rebecca, can you tell us more um, what led you to this career and specifically to um, Deloitte where you now are? 
Yeah, sure. So um, as I wanted to do the ACA, it's kind of the obvious choice to go. Well, if you can get to a big four, I think um, that's a really great place to do it because you do get a lot of training, a lot of college. And um, obviously it's a qualification equivalent to a master's. Um, and I also think then so I did that for three years and kind of being in a big organisation, you have a lot more opportunity to uh, transfer because audit is not for everyone for life so I was happy to do my three years and get qualified um, and I was in the insurance sector and so through those three years kind of uh, realized I really liked insurance but audit wasn't necessarily what I wanted to specialize in and so being at like a big firm which you might also get opportunities at a smaller firm I was able to transfer internally to consulting so moved over to consulting a year ago now um, and kind of starting fresh again in my career because I moved into a strategy data and analytics team. Although it was still in the insurance sector, I didn't have any like data knowledge. My knowledge was like purely financial accounting. Um, so yeah, so I spent the last year doing that. So I think having from graduated from economics, you didn't necessarily know what I wanted to go into, but I always just had like, like one step ahead. So my next step was ACA qualification. And at that point, I never would have thought I could end up in data and analytics team and doing like strategy consulting. So I think as much as, as nice as it is to have a five year plan, I think just kind of knowing your next step and what your next interest is in, uh, that that's for me anyway, as far as I could go. <laughs> Were you part of any mentorship programs? Is that something that Deloitte offers or how was your process of transferring from the one department to another, that sounds? Yeah. Actually, just on mentorship, I was a part of the UEA mentorship program. So I don't know okay. if that still exists, but um, when I was there, I was, uh, I think I got paired with someone who works at the Bank of England and we've actually kept in contact since my leaving UEA and they gave me kind of good advice on careers and review my CV and things like that so I, if that's still offered at UEA that was uh, something I undertook and then at Deloitte itself I think um, there's uh, you can't you're more likely to have a coach rather than a mentor but um, I think you have to be just they put their kind of onus on you to be quite proactive in reaching out um, but people, are, if you reach out, people are always more than willing to kind of help you. But... Um, Alex, can I ask you the same questions? Uh, um, what inspired you to choose this kind of career? Did you know you wanted to be this from a young age or was it like an aha moment? Um, I think I always had an interest in kind of financial markets, <laughs> mainly probably because my dad just always kind of funneled me into that route. Um, and when I started kind of some time at the hedge fund I was lucky enough to go on a trip to Milan where we interviewed some of the CEOs and CFOs there um, and I kind of was fascinated talking to them learning about their kind of business problems but then also found it slightly weird that you kind of learn about them and just walk off and make an investment decision so my plan was to kind of try consulting see what I thought and then decide between kind of the investment side or the consulting side and in, in all honesty I um, just never left once I kind of joined this consulting role. Um, and maybe that's kind of because I ran out of times to kind of do internships and I kind of enjoyed the variety of consulting enough that I've stayed in it. But I definitely, from a young from a young kid, I think I, I wasn't looking at consulting, um, but maybe it was the same reason which I chose economics, which is I kind of always liked that breadth um, and flexibility, which it gave me further down the line, which kept me kind of on that on that road. 
And so you were mentioning before that there are like different teams in the organization that focus on different parts of the market. And so I was wondering, were you before or in the sector um, focusing on a different financial market? And if so, um, what were maybe the main economic features that applied there compared to where you are now? So uh, Capco kind of splits its um, departments into kind of engineering, which is really kind of actual coding, uh, kind of new platforms or functionalities for banks. Uh, you have kind of technology, which is more about um, kind of implementing frameworks and target operating models for the processes within kind of a like the technology department. And then we kind of have like a data practice um, and all of those three I've kind of had had exposures to throughout my time at Capco. Um, and I'd say I'm probably surprised by how little economics I've actually used in all of them. I think fundamentally I've like learned skills by doing economics and that's kind of uh, reading uh, kind of complex journals. And when I first joined, I had to kind of do a regulatory project and I think that massively helped. Uh, I definitely had kind of times where I had to manage large data sets. So I had a stint at Morgan Stanley um, and uh, I wouldn't have been able to kind of handle that volume of data without having done kind of some of the modules, advanced economic analysis, I think it was. Um, as one of the courses at UEA. Um, so I, think, data. I know that's one mm -hmm. of the programs that we all learn. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I didn't have to use data. Okay. <laughs> uh, use UltraX instead. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's kind of similar concepts. And it kind of, I'd say an economics degree gave me a foundation that meant I wasn't intimidated when I was kind of thrown um, large volumes of data. Although, actually, interestingly, I kind of, the reason I was late for this podcast is uh, we're just having a conversation now with the head of credit, who's my client, and he was looking at um, if we increase the price which we give to clients uh, for each of the trades they do, what percentage of clients would actually stop trading with us? And okay. um, now you've kind of said it, it actually is kind of you're looking at the elasticity of a, of a demand. Yeah. Um, and I'd say it's probably one of the rare times I'd use economics that allows you to conceptualize them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were actually kind of looking at different scenarios because we've kind of been doing these pilot phases, uh, charging clients different amounts um, over a period of time and then looking at uh, what the trade volumes were uh, to then figure out how many trades we missed out on or how many trades we captured, depending on if we brought the price down or price up. So, yeah, coincidentally, I have actually used economics today. That's very cool. <laughs> um, what about you, Rebecca? Um, are there some economic concepts or methods that really stand out that you use either on every day or that was really unique in a specific scenario? Hmm. I think in audit from like a macroeconomic perspective, you are you have you're having to consider those kind of key factors almost every day on an audit because the two purposes of an audit are, I guess, one is their financial information correct at that point in time, mm -hmm. and the second one is is that company going to survive for the next 12 months or for the next financial year and to make that decision you have to incorporate you know a wide range of factors so COVID-19 was obviously a massive uh, impact and and that when it was kind of came to fruition that it was going to have a big impact globally um Deloitte paused signing any audits for a month mm -hmm. no for two weeks sorry whilst it kind of gathered the information it needed to um to I guess 
decide what evidence it needed to be comfortable to sign off on the order of that company. So in those two weeks, we kind of found out more information, like more evaluation that we had to do of the company before you could sign off the order and say it's uh, it's uh, can continue for the next 12 months. So in that respect, it came in quite um, important and kind of any planning process you do for starting an audit, you have to consider a lot of economic factors. So things like Brexit and everything like that. So from a macroeconomic perspective, yeah, really um, is a massive part of the audit process. I think, um, one more specific example would be um, when I did was on an audit for a house building insurance company and um, one of their big risk items or liabilities was high rise buildings, uh, insuring high rise buildings post Grenfell. And that was really interesting because of the impact of COVID-19 then on kind of building supplies and uh, the impact on the um, kind of recessionary impact. So obviously in 2008, there was a massive impact on the construction industry at that time. And there was the big concern right at the start of the pandemic. We didn't know what way it was going to go. Obviously it has fared better than everyone thought, but um, yeah, that was another time that kind of assessing economic factors was really important. Uh, which data analytic tools do you use on an everyday basis? So I didn't really use hardly uh, any in audit. We started to use Power BI a bit more, but a very low level. Uh, today, in I'm, I'm, I'm in a data and analytics role, so cloud platforms, Microsoft Azure, uh, Snowflake SQL, um, use those quite a lot, and Power BI as well. But as a consultant, you're on Power, you're in PowerPoint, and you're in Excel every yeah. day, so <laughs> that doesn't really go away. <laughs> yeah. Um... Alex, can you tell us about what the most important um, thing is that you learned in your current position, um, either be that in analytics or in how to deal with people? Or... Yeah, I'd say the most important thing in general is uh, client uh, expectation setting. I think everything you always deliver in a workplace is always benchmarked against what they expected or what you promised. Um, so as long as you kind of make sure that you communicate well, understand what you're meant to do, and kind of give back something which is in line with that or exceeds that, I think you'll always succeed in whatever career you do. Um, so I'd say hands down, it's definitely a soft skill. And I think at university, you never really have to handle kind of expectation setting because it's kind of you go into an exam, you set the exam, you leave the exam. Uh, it's kind of done on a, more, a lot more uh, objective um, framework, but in the real world, it's definitely your subjective. Um, Rebecca, is there anything you wish you knew before entering this position at Deloitte? Um, I think, I mean, Alex, sounds like you probably had, you know, had a clear mindset of where you wanted to go. I was probably the opposite. I didn't, like I said, I was like, okay, well, I know I didn't want to close any doors. So kind of like similar to the breadth of economics, I was like, I'll do the ACA because I don't know what I want to do in five years. So hopefully that won't limit me too much. And then secondly, and then moving into a data role, not something I never thought I would end up doing. So I think, um, yeah, I, I guess just like, what I know what I wish I'd known before I think more just like having confidence in what you're doing so I don't never ruling anything out um I think when I started I thought oh, I'm never going to get through the ACA and then it was like oh will I even ever be good in data but that, this is just kind of like how my personal works and I think 
if you've got the right attitude to learn um, that's like the most important thing like you're not you don't have to be the most technical person in the room you don't have had to have got you know the the highest marks on the exams but if you're willing to learn and you're consistent with what you do you will you will progress and you will be successful in your role so yeah I, I definitely agree with what you said um i think in some ways you have to pretend you know which route you're headed because um, then at least that way you have kind of a direction and then you can start kind of like pedaling in a direction you talk to people you say uh, where you're wanting to head people kind of give you advice give you contacts and it kind of opens doors whereas if someone kind of says oh so what do you want to do and you say i don't know it actually means they can't really help you um, so that's probably like one of the ways just to kind of initiate conversations and people will justify it in different ways, which is like, oh, I manifested this direction or kind of, oh, it's focus or, oh, I had this vision. And I'm probably all have some credibility, but I think um, you don't have to be 100% bought in to the end goal. Um, but by having some direction, uh, at least focuses your efforts and means that you kind of start to build up the skills, which are actually a lot more transferable than you kind of realise. I was just going to say, yeah, talking to people is probably one of the most important things as well. So being able to move over from audit to consulting from day from about the first year in audit, I knew I didn't want to stay in it. And from that point on, I was reaching out to people I knew or trying to build that networking consulting so that when I wanted to make the move, I had people who could support me and do that. And also just give me advice on what the day to day role is like and whether I would actually even like it. But also the same at UEA. So going to the career events and just finding out about what people's roots were and um, where they would kind of change or go back and just do something differently or where they wish they'd explored more. I think you learn yeah, so much just from talking to people and um, build, building your network. Yeah, I think you'll always be surprised by how open people are. Um, like already this week, I like contacted a partner from BCG and he was happy to have a chat, talk to someone from Oliver Wyman. And actually everyone's like very happy to talk about their careers, talk about the journeys they've been on. Um, and it kind of opens up your own horizons. I think that's one of the main things. It's very easy when you enter a workplace to kind of join the rat race where you're all aiming for that next promotion. But actually, when you take a step back, you can kind of uh, realize what your true options are and it, it gives you more optionality. Um, and I think the surprising thing is kind of when you find something which you enjoy, you actually find you have more energy to do it. And then you're actually more likely to do well at it. The sad thing is when you kind of don't like what you're doing, Therefore, you find it really draining and therefore you don't do well at it and therefore you don't get promoted, which then means you hate it even more. And I think it's like you kind of have to break any cycles whenever you realise you don't like something and don't think that like being the hero and trolling around in the career is like a good one. Uh, make sure you stay engaged, make sure you enjoy what you're doing and actually you'll be much better for it, uh, both kind of mental health wise, but also in terms of your like actual performance. What advice would you have for um, recent graduates or people who are graduating in the near future? Probably my biggest one is do the GMAT. When you leave university, you're going to be the best. You could, will be at maths, at reading complex journals, at all of that. Once you enter the workplace, you excel as your friend and also your biggest enemy. You kind of stop doing mental maths. You just build formulas instead. Um, and the GMAT will open so many doors for you. I think it's valid for kind of five years. So if you wanted to do an MBA or a master's, it kind of allows you just to kind of apply without having to kind of go back into the student mindset and revise and kind of get that score. Uh, also talking to BCG yesterday, um, one of the things he said is like, if you want to apply, um, 
you can also just give us that score. Um, and one of the things I experienced is like BCG doesn't view UEA as a target university. But if you do well on the GMAT, that's a standardized test, which they will be able to uh, benchmark you against and like really respect. Um, so, I mean, I, I regret not doing it. Um, and I, I definitely give that advice. Um, my advice would probably be, I think I put so much pressure on myself to get the, the, the like the job that I wanted on day one and kind of meeting up with, you know, uh, people who I went to uni with later down the line who kind of dipped their toe in something and weren't afraid to be like, actually, you know what, that wasn't for me or changing their mind. I think you are still so early on in your career and just be ready to, or don't be afraid of trying something you maybe don't think is suited to you or giving something a go maybe where your skills aren't at so I thought I was afraid of data and I never wanted to do it and now I was like oh I actually could do it but I held back from doing that for so long because I just didn't think that I'd be very good at it and I was almost like afraid to try it um and yeah like even um kind of meeting friends who have done taken on different careers and now at this age of just joined grad schemes like there's Kind of no harm in trying yeah different routes and not everyone's good in that I mean maybe a grad scheme is what you want to get on when you first go out of university but I think comparison is the thief of joy and just really go with kind of like what you enjoy and what energizes you um and use that time to make the mistakes and learn the lessons so yeah that would be my advice <laughs> yeah I totally second that um I spoke to the man who founded Pratt and kind of one of the things he said to me was like uh, you might not know what you want to do, but at least cross things off. And I think that's very true. Um, our careers are going to be longer than probably any previous generation. Uh, so make sure you pick one well. Uh, don't feel like you need to like rush into one and kind of get ahead. Like actually taking your time, building up uh, kind of a greater like horizon and, mm -hmm. and understanding of all the different jobs that you're out there um, yeah. is time well spent. And, and don't view it as kind of wasted time. Because I know that like I didn't even know 50% of the jobs, maybe even 100% of the jobs I've done actually existed when I was at university. <laughs> yeah, that is something to keep in mind. Um, thanks a lot uh, for joining us today, Rebecca and Alex, and helping students at UA think further about how to get from where we are now <laughs> as students to working professionals as yourselves. It was a pleasure talking to you. No thanks, guys. Thank well, thanks so much for organizing. Uh, we're always happy to help students. So uh, feel free to reach out. Thanks a lot. Yeah.